0: Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the Ask Me Anything postseason edition. Uh, before we get into it, let's go ahead and do the housekeeping once that like we always do. Um, YouTube, like and subscribe, I'll get some stuff out there. <laughs> Apparently, I'll have Plenty of time coming up very soon to do all sorts of stuff. So, like the YouTube thing, I promise I'll get stuff up there. Uh, To go to the social networking portion, social media, whatever you want to call it. The uh, Michigan Maniacs fan page on Facebook. Go ahead and like it. Get into that that little group. Uh, I'm thinking about closing it very soon because, I'll be honest... Um, I am tired of dealing with ignorant Michigan State fans and Ohio State fans. The real quality ones I let in, but just in general, if you're just going to say dumb stuff, I mean, you're just wasting both of our times, and it takes more energy to me for me to ban you. I don't know. It's just lame. I just, I'm not a fan, so I might be closing it soon. Uh, anyways, get in on that. Uh, I love answering questions, talking to the real faithful. I even have a few Ohio State fans and Michigan State fans that are actually real knowledgeable what's going on. And I don't mind talking to those people. I don't like talking to idiots. Also, go to the Instagram, uh, Michigan Maniacs fan page, Instagram. Like it there. I post memes, all that kind of stuff. We'll go there. A few um, promotions out there right now. If you guys go to and leave a review, either at the Michigan Maniacs fan page on Facebook, leave a review there, or go to Apple Podcasts, iTunes—I know it's the same thing—and leave a uh, review there. Hit me up on the DM, either on the face, the fan page on Facebook or an Instagram. Give me your full name, your address, and what platform you did it on, I will send you a free sticker and they're pretty good stickers Uh, also whoever can get the most people to uh, to tweet me, follow me and tweet me with your handle, the five people get the most to do that I will send you a free shirt, so just have them follow me and then tweet me with your handle I will keep track of the names and we'll go from there and that'll end January 1st, but the sticker promotion is forever. Um, so that's for all you new people also. I had a couple people out in A2 for the the game, handing out stickers or just putting anywhere and everywhere. Uh, so if you got a sticker and you see it and you're following right now, I hope you enjoy what's coming up because we are killing it in this show. This is one of the best fan-based shows you can listen to. So, let's get into the Ask Me Anything postseason edition. Right. Um. So, let's see. Where are we at? First question. Do you think Michigan should give Chris Partridge a shot as a defensive coordinator or somebody more proven against good teams? And that comes from Brad, a very loyal Michigan Maniac. Uh, I appreciate that, Brad. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, uh... I mean, Don Brown has has done him zero favors by allowing over, a th- what, a thousand yards in the last two games against Ohio State? And a hundred and maybe thirty points allowed? I'm just... I, I didn't look him up, but that's what I'm guessing. Um... Yeah, if we're going to make a change If we're going to make a change At defensive coordinator I definitely think we need to keep Chris Partridge around To be honest with you Because I don't want to do what the Washington Redskins did Uh, Just to give you an idea um, The head coach of the Los Angeles Rams And the head coach for the San Francisco 49ers Were both Coordinators on the Washington Redskins coaching staff at one point in time. That's right. And they let them go, and now they are two bright spots in the NFL. So I don't want to do that with Chris Partridge, and I really do believe with how well he does in recruiting and how smart he is in general when it comes to the game of football, I really do believe that if you give him his chance, he can make a difference for Michigan football. I really do. I, I want it. And let's face it, I mean, uh, a, what, a, th- uh, a thousand yards total? Uh, can he do any worse than fucking Don Brown? Close to 130 total points? I mean, I could probably put together a defensive game plan that could allow that much. So, yeah, I don't think Chris Partridge can do any worse. So, yeah, absolutely. Especially if Don Brown goes. To Boston College, like they're predicting, along with Al Washington, which Al Washington, Michigan, and then Ohio State seems a little weird to me. Very conspiracy, uh, in the, in the territory of conspiracy. I, I won't, uh, you know, waste your time with that. But yes, I think Chris Partridge would be a great, uh, ad. You know, move him up, give him a little promotion. Uh, this comes from Ryan. Uh, one of our more aggressive and uh, well thought out Michigan maniacs. Appreciate him. Um, Ryan says, "Why the fuck are there so many whiny ass Michigan fans?" Well, I will get into that in a minute. Also, the second one goes on to saying, "I think this is all part of one question." On Facebook groups, I am in so. I'm in so many Facebook groups that there's so many whiny, sad-ass fans. I don't get it. People say they would take a bullet to see this team beat OSU, yet it looks like the fucking home game was a OSU home game, in our own place, which is true. Has it always been that way with Michigan? No. And I feel—is it? I feel like it's similar to the Dallas Cowboys. They still, yeah, well. He goes on to say they still hang their hat on past accomplishments. Um, I I would assume with some of the old heads they they are hanging their hat on some of the old accomplishments. And yeah, no, I if you listen to the reaction episode of the game, the Ohio State whatever, um, I I I bring, I bring that up absolutely. The to have that much red in our stadium is disgraceful. 100% disgraceful. Now, I think if we gave them a team, to be quite honest, if Michigan didn't get blown out by Wisconsin and would have won that game against Penn State and we're an undefeated Michigan team going up against an undefeated Ohio State team, I doubt we would have seen so much red, but still inexcusable. It doesn't matter if we even have two wins on the season. That's our home stadium. Doesn't matter. And yeah, I I do agree. I think we uh, bought into an ideal of what Michigan was football-wise and that we always had a chance to go against Ohio State. Um, I don't know where the younger people fall into that, but I grew up where we dominated Ohio State. Regardless of how good they were, we always beat them. Didn't matter the John Cooper years and i've seen and i i saw the ascent of sweater vest and then the then the the empire in which that came right um yeah I, I i i i don't know i i question our fans i do um but i i dude it's it i don't know it's tough to watch them lose year in and year out like that it really is, but still, in our home stadium to allow that much red to be fucking in there it's it's a disgrace it really is it's a disgrace um I don't know why there's so many whining Michigan fans, uh, especially with the new breed coming up uh this is all they know, so I don't know why they whine so much uh I think it's because we I think we're close, but I don't know, man. We're, we're an interesting select group of fans or maybe not who knows uh but yeah we can be like cowboy fans for sure i uh, that's why i would like to see us change everything i would like to see us get stubborn and i like to see i don't know that that comes up later i've i've read some of the questions and that definitely can be answered later um this one's coming from Brian what do we need to do in this off season Big-time recruits or – oh, wait. Big-time recruits are not coming. New D.C. what? Well, I don't know if big-time recruits aren't coming. Now, granted, you know, uh, Michigan's in the top ten, and we're like seventh. But if you – and I'm I'm not talking about recruiting classes, but I'm just talking about since Harbaugh's taken over, we have been in the top ten in overall programs since he's taken over. Now, it doesn't help that our rival is number two. So, yes, their recruiting class is going to be better. Now, I would say if this why I was so concerned about this game. If we would have won this game, this change, that would have changed a lot of that narrative. Because now we can go in saying, yes, Ohio State was great under Urban Meyer, but we beat them with Ryan Day. We can't say that now. That... So it puts us up another hill we need to climb. So, But the good thing is, Jordan Morant, a four-star safety, still is going to stay with Michigan. And from all reports that I've read, is going to enroll early. That is very impressive. That is a good sign. Even though he was in the big house when we got shellacked by Ohio State, he still decided to stay keep his commitment and go to Michigan so when that happens that only strengths and that only strengthens our defensive backfield and I think one more year with one more offseason with Vincent gray makes him stronger uh, defensive coordinator new one you know what I I would hate to I, I love Don Brown in so many ways but yeah like earlier I said it would I I wouldn't bet Two eyes I wouldn't bat an eye. two eyes, two eyes. was that a fucking saying? I wouldn't bat an eye at it. If we fired Don Brown and he or here's the thing. I think Harbaugh would tell Don Brown out of respect would be like if you can get that if you get an offer from Boston College, take it. And give him the out of leaving instead of Harbaugh firing him because Harbaugh has proven he will make the tough fire if he has to our offensive line sucked we got he fired his buddies we got fucking uh Warner uh offense offensive passive game sucked he fired Pep Hamilton got in Josh Gaddis now it's our defense so I'm telling you. He's not afraid to make the right fire. I'm just saying out of loyalty and how savvy he is as a coach or just even uh, as, as keen as he is to honoring loyalty, I would say that Harbaugh would give Brown a chance to take another job before he fired him. But, yes, I definitely think Chris Partridge, like I said earlier in the show, should get a chance as our defensive coordinator. I think it would be great because he's done a brilliant job with the special teams. And, granted, I know defense compared to special teams, a much different game. But, still, I think Chris Partridge can do a great job. Um, Now, our next question comes from Ryan, which is got one – Is Harbaugh our version of John Cooper? (laughs) And is it fucking good enough? If I could get two for one, here it is. Don Brown looks like a hero against... Oh, yeah. So he's asking two questions for one. Sorry, guys. Um, And, of course, Ryan can ask as many questions as he wants. I will answer anything he asks me because he's been very loyal, and I appreciate what he does. Um, So, Don Brown looks... Like a hero against inferior teams, but a complete chump when he doesn't have the total talent advantage. Is it time to part ways with him? So, like I said, two questions in a row. Absolutely, if Harbaugh feels that that's the case, I feel Harbaugh will make the right fire if we need to. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to worry about that. But, yes, I absolutely think if we'll probably need him to move on. Um, also, uh, he might be our version of John Cooper. But here's the thing. I don't know. That's the that's the real trick to this, right? Is he the version of John Cooper or is he our Dabo Sweeney? It's a real thin line, man. Because John Cooper went like 110 wins to 20 losses in his career at Ohio State. He just couldn't beat Michigan, and Dabo Sweeney choked in every big game up until the seventh or eighth. 8th season of his tenure at Clemson but then as put together one of the great college teams like college franchises I guess you could say in, in years to remember right like he's taken on the juggernaut of, o, of Alabama and has whipped them has whipped Ohio State 31 to nothing like, and he was given the chance to create that program Cause there was a thing called Clemsoning, like getting up to the big game and choking. Sounds a lot like us. But also, you look at John Cooper and be like, that could be Harbaugh as well. We beat everybody we should, for the most part, except for Ohio State. Cause he, now that he's got his own players, he beat Notre Dame. He's beaten Michigan State on a regular basis. Um, Penn State is gonna is gonna is gonna sort itself out. You know what I mean, like things like that. So I would say he's more of our Dabo than he is our John Cooper. I'm fingers crossed. I'm praying to College Football Jesus every chance I get that that's the case. But yeah, another two years, it wouldn't shock me if he could be our John Cooper. But I'm willing. To, I'm willing to give Harbaugh the the leeway because I'll be honest. Where have we shown success? And hiring successors. You know what I mean? We really haven't when it comes to football. We haven't. I mean, Rich Rod and Brady Hoke, if you need to look any further. um. So, yeah, so that's where I want to go with that one. Um, Here we go. Here's a good one. Uh, who is, I think this comes from Josh. Who is your number one QB next season? Milton or Caffrey? That is a fantastic question, actually. Um, and I have, And you guys, if you guys have been listening, I am a huge Run DMC fan. Huge. I love his family. I love the dynamics of that family. I love who they produce. I really, really do. But I have seen both of them play. And this is going to be the war of all wars for quarterback. Um, because as I love what McCaffrey does as a runner. And he shows glimpses of being a good passer. Um, Milton shows elusiveness. Not that he's a runner, but he can move in the pocket and roll out. And he's got the speed to roll out to avoid people. And he's got a fucking cannon of an arm. And it shows that he's got some touch as well. Um, Right now, I don't know if... I, I, I. you given a few months ago, I would have said Run DMC hands down. Wait, just that's how we're going to do it, right? Um, after thinking on it, seeing both of them played in limited uh, duty this year, I'm not going to answer that. Uh, I, because I, 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 to be honest, I'm kind of leaning Milton right now. I'm kind of leaning Milton, but whoever it is. Here's a question I've been pondering. Okay, so whoever it is, right, go with Run-DMC or go with Joe Milton. I don't give a shit. You know what's really separated us, Michigan, from the Dabo-Sweeney Clemson's or the LSU's of their era? Because LSU always loses to Alabama because they're in the same division and they've always been lacking in quarterback. Clemson started winning big games when they got Deshaun Watson. The one thing that Michigan has been missing – and I'm not going to I'm not going to shit on Shea Patterson because after his last three games, three huge games where he threw for over 300 yards in each one of those games, one being against Ohio State. And if they don't drop eight balls, you may be looking at one of the only Michigan quarterbacks to throw for over 400 yards in in a game, let alone the number one team in the nation defensively, right? So I'm not going to shit on Shea Patterson on this one because you know how much I love doing that. But the one thing that Harbaugh has truly been missing is, and I guess you can say that about all teams, while we're talking about Michigan here, is a Heisman-worthy quarterback. Joe Burrow is that transformed LSU to the fucking world beaters they are now. Also, Deshaun Watson. That's why... I was so hard on Shea this year because we had the talent around him that if he was, if he would have caught on, if this Shea that we saw in the last three games of the season had been there all season long, we may have seen a different result Saturday, let alone this whole season so yeah, whoever it is I don't care if it's Run DMC or Joe Milton but they better be fucking ready to play and they better be ready to fucking shoot for some hardware next season I'm not willing to be like well they're still trying to get their feet fuck you, you had a whole season figure this fucking shit out you're not morons, you're smart kids you're talented kids let's see what the fuck you got and if not, hey Cade McNamara get the fuck in the game and start playing Whoever it is, that's the fucking thing we need to do. That's the one thing we've been missing this whole fucking time. Well, and then we can get into the defense this last game. Fuck. God, this hangover, it's the worst hangover I've ever had. I have been... Almost blackout drunk. This last game against Ohio State, I was close to blackout drunk. I got refused in two bars, just to give you an idea. Not that I was sloppy drunk, but just how aggressive I was talking. A lot like this. But I'm just telling you, I've recovered from those hangers hangovers way better and way faster than what I'm recovering from this fucking loss. Sorry. Still shit in there trying to work itself out I don't care which one wins the fucking job but they better be ready to fucking produce from the first fucking game they Washington just fired or Peterson just stepped down from Washington they're going they're not going to be hitting on all cylinders right away Michigan suffers when they go west coast I don't give a shit we need to do something plain and simple I want whoever takes the job better be fucking ready to go I hope that answers your question. And thank you so much. That was a very good question. Now, this comes from Gabe. All right. Do you think we have any seniors sitting out of the bowl game? And do you agree with the players that do sit out? Uh, and then also he wants to know how the basketball team is, what my opinion on how well the basketball team's uh, balling out. Um, now, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we have seniors sitting out. Or not even seniors. If we have any players sitting out, say like, uh, DPJ, uh, Nico Collins, uh, Bradison, um, guys that truly have a NFL draft career, you know, like, or not career, because how can you have a career in the draft, but a real NFL, uh, draft quality, uh, Prospect, you know what I mean, like draft report. So you know, like DPJ, Nico Collins, like I said, Bredesen. Um, I doubt. I don't know about Shea. To be quite honest, I think Shea should play in the bowl game to help him, give him even four games of over three hundred yards to show that he can adjust to a at, when healthy can adjust to a new program, a new system, all that kind of stuff. So no, I don't think Shea will sit out, but. Um, Levert Hill, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, it wouldn't. It let's let's put it this way: it wouldn't shock me if we had five guys sit out of this game, whoever we play, and God hope that we don't go the. If we go to the Holiday Bowl, we don't play Washington. For God's sakes, NCAA is to be bought by anybody who has enough to change their rules. Right? We saw that with Chase Young. We did. We've seen it. The NCAA is corrupt as fuck, and they will change their their staunchness on whoever they will if you have enough money to line their pockets, right? So I just hope that the NCAA sees that there's more money to be made without a Michigan-Washington fucking uh, matchup for... That we're just going to have next season No one wants to see back to back Bullshit when it comes to Michigan Washington this isn't Michigan Michigan uh, this isn't Michigan Ohio State This isn't Alabama LSU This isn't Alabama Auburn This is anything this is just Two fucking teams trying to get A decent win to end the season You know who gives a fuck So I hope it's not Washington Um yeah, we could have at least five seniors sit out. It wouldn't shock me. And you know what? To be honest with you, God bless them. If they want to sit out, let them fucking sit out. I really don't care, to be honest with you. I just don't. I, I get that this has become a, a 100%, cl- just 100% business. If you're a captain, you're a captain. It doesn't fucking matter, apparently. Um, And I've seen pl- Jake Butt Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Uh, The insurance policy in which he took out before the bowl game where he tore his ACL and then goes into the NFL, gets drafted lower, and then is now living through more injuries. Um, no, so I wouldn't blame him if they sit out. If you get a draft grade that's in the first or second round, you should sit out. I would. If I'm in the Holiday Bowl, where exactly am I helping out a team? Where am I helping out my team to get a tenth win? Or maybe we can get in, say I'm taking up a... So let's say it's Michael Dwumfor that is going to sit out. Well, then let's get Chris Hinton in there. And he can play more more snaps. Getting re- getting him ready for next season, right? Or if it's uh fucking uh uh John Runyan Jr., let him sit out. If he wants to sit out, let him sit out and put in Ryan Hayes. Let him get some key snaps. I'm not hip on this whole. It's the bowl game. Who gives a fuck? There's a playoff now. Who cares if we're fucking uh see World Holly, uh, like Holiday Bowl champions. The only thing that I think that is good for that is that you win the year on a win, especially after getting your ass kicked in your rival week. Outside of that, I don't give a fuck that it's a bowl. It could just be a regular fucking game. I want us to win so we can avoid the hangover that accompanies uh, ass kicking and then a bowl loss. That's all I really care about. Outside of that, I would like to see fucking young kids who are probably going to start get a chance to fucking play against quality opponents. If you're not in the playoff, who gives a shit? And if you're in the fourth round, if you get a fourth round grade of the NFL draft, you better fucking play. Because a guy who's in the fourth round, he gets, say you're a running back, and you get 150 yards and three touchdowns in a bowl game. You may jump up a day in the draft. That's just how I see it. Now, I'm sure a lot of people disagree with that, but fuck it. It's my show. It's my opinion. Hey, that's what we're going to do. Thank you, Gabe, for that question. I really appreciate it. Now, this comes from uh, my buddy Brad. Good Brad. He's a very loyal maniac. I appreciate every time he writes into the show. Um do you think Michigan should give Chris Barcher a chance or a shot as a defense coordinator? I think, didn't I already ask that earlier? Oh, yeah, I already did that earlier. My bad. So, I already did Brad's question earlier today. the day. Here's the next one. I know you have a very strong opinions on how to strengthen our program. Do you believe that the, the gap of talent is really as vast as what they say it is? And if so, how? Would, if you were put in charge of the program, how would you change things? Now, this is a very smart question, and I appreciate that. Um, so, this is what I would say. Now, I do have very strong opinions, opinions obviously because I have my own podcast. But here is the deal: I, I, it's obvious that the talent gap there is a gap, but I don't think it's as big as they think it is. If you were to go over all the miscues that Michigan did in that game, right, it lends itself to a much closer game than this blowout. Uh, On a fourth down and four, you jump off sides. uh, Cam hits the dude. uh, You pull off a fucking shoe. You drop a touchdown. You drop eight passes from your quarterback. um You can't stop a a running game. There's a lot of different little things that we did. Now, the running game thing was the whole game, but whatever. So a lot of the miscues is what we should be looking at, right? Not really the talent gap. The talent gap um, can be jumped because, let's face it, we see teams every year, and a very good example is Auburn, Occasionally, will jump up and beat Alabama. And the talent gap is about the same or worse from Alabama to fucking Auburn from it is to Ohio State to Michigan, right? But the difference is that Alabama never doubts that they can do it. That's my key. Now, if I were to put, be put into that role and been given the keys to this team and said, Adam, do whatever it is you've got to do to get this team over the hump. Everything I've seen in this season would lead me to believe that whatever they're doing behind closed doors, because a lot there's no one, they have close practices and they have a everything's done in house, so you can't really tell. But there are uh, things that. Prove that there are some major problems, obviously, right? The shoe being taken off, embarrassing, that is a sign of weakness. Um, getting too hype, not being able to control your aggression, is a sign of being scared. Being too hype also can be where you exhaust yourself sooner than you should See, now, football is always compared to a war, right? I'm going to war with my friends. I'm doing this. Well, yeah, because it's one of the more ultimate team uh, sports. Because basketball, one player can dominate, and it becomes a one-man game. Same with hockey. If you get a dominant goalie, he can win the whole Stanley Cup for you if he gets on a roll. Football, however, takes everyone to win the game. It really does. It takes everyone. That's why, that's why it gets lumped into, we're going to war today. And it's violent. And it's hard hitting. And I think, now Google this, but I believe football in general was created to help males in America deal with aggression after war without getting into illegal type of things. I believe that's it. I wish I could have Googled it before this show, but I believe I read that once. Now, this is what I would do. Our team reeks of low mental stability. And I'm not talking about smart. They're very smart. They're smart kids. But in general, they do not play as a team when things get tough. And that is a low mental character. That shows that your your mental focus is not there. So if it was up to me, I would have guys like Jocko Wilnick. Uh, if you don't know who he is, look him up on YouTube. He's a ex Navy SEAL who does inspirational speaking and also works with companies to identify who their strong workers are and who are their weak workers. I would I would do something like that. I would definitely get our team into a into a uh, our off season workouts would be a lot like boot camps and they would be ran by uh, Ex Navy SEALs or whatever military specialists that form in this kind of stuff because our team, these kids nowadays are different than how I was raised, right? So, but it doesn't change the fact that they're still male, they still work in groups. We're still very good in that area. We just need to work on teamwork, stop worrying about certain things, stop trying to. Uh, some players will try to overcorrect, and I need to make all the plays. Some players will be like, fuck this guy. He's not doing his thing, and then shut down. We need to evaluate those players. We need to find those positions, and we need to deal with that, right? That's my thing. I would have them get blasted in boot camp stressful type situations in the off season. Whenever we got our practice, we're not practicing X's and O's because we're not changing systems this season. So they all know their system. Especially if Don Brown doesn't get fired, I would bring in Navy SEALs or some type of company that deals with that kind of boot camp and I'd work their ass. I'd break them. And then I would have a company assess who are the the strong members of our team and who are our weak members of the team. And when I say weak, I mean ones that could cause division. Because if you look through every great upset in the history of football, none of it has to do with that a team out-athleticized or out-performed athletically the more superior team. It was that the superior team had a lack in focus. And the, the less athletic team was complete as a team and played as such and took advantage of that. So, if uh, we're Michigan, I would change that. I would blast our ass, make them work so hard that we break them down and we figure out who are the guys we can trust on, who are the ones that will cause dissent, and then we adjust accordingly. And then also, if I had to recruit... We get judged on, or the recruits get judged on a star system. And I looked up this star system, and nowhere in this star system does it have uh, some type of mental makeup that adds into the star system, which I think is a great uh, lack in which we recruit. Because if you're telling me that a Michigan and Alabama and Ohio State, all the top notch, to Washington, a Clemson, a, uh, uh, you know, like a Utah teams that really recruit at a high level. If they had a two star system where one was for athletic ability. So the normal four star, five star, three star, whatever system they have now and then you added it in where you interviewed the players, and then you created a star system based off of their mental acuity, their mental toughness, right? Not how smart they are, not how book smart they are, not how they can get into school because we've got tests for that. But I'm talking about when stress happens. Like when a kid lives in a bad area, but he walks through gang-infested areas, and he still goes to school, and he still gets his grades, and he doesn't do any gang- uh any of that stuff, and he still goes and gets an education. That's mental toughness. That shows you that this kid, even though he may be a three-star athletically, but he's probably a five-star mentally. Give me that guy every day, right? Tom Brady, there was no uh, star system. From what I've read, they did not come out with the the recruit re- recruiting star system, whatever it is, uh, when Tom Brady was recruited. Same thing with Charles Woodson. But they said if they could guess, now this is one article that could be different out there, but they said that he would have been a four-star recruit and Charles Woodson would have been a five-star recruit. Now you're telling me those two Hall of Famers weren't mentally five-stars? And you're telling me that those guys with that kind of mental fortitude did not have a positive uh, input into the, how that team operated? That's what I'm saying is that I would want to know how that how that individual recruit or who's already on our roster, how they operate mentally. Because this Michigan team was mentally weak when we didn't need them to be. Because it showed when they when everything was rolling, they hit on all cylinders and they looked great athletically, this team could compete, but mentally, they couldn't. And the main reason is when you have 20-plus years of winning, when Ohio State has not hit the wall like uh, USC, Florida, uh, Miami, Oklahoma for a short stint, Alabama for a long time, Michigan, all these teams All cornerstones, of Penn State, all these teams that are traditional college football teams have all suffered from a bad hire. But when you're Ohio State and you haven't had to suffer and you recruit kids who know when they go there, they're going to automatically win, you don't really necessarily need to worry about the mental toughness of those kids. And to a certain extent, That's when you start to see Ohio State at least fuck up once a year because that mental acuity or that mental strongness, mental toughness would lapse. And you got to really see what that team was all about, right? Winning hides a lot of that, but we're not in that position. We're in a position where we got to find a way to leap a gap that truly really exists, I mean, it exists in our fans, it exists in our team, and it's not that it's fucking athletic. I'm sure they're a five-star team and we're a four-star team, but you give me more... Four star guys with five star mental acuities and we're, or mental strongness, we're going to start fucking up a team that's a five star that may be an overall three star or four star mental strongness. That's all I'm saying. I know this doesn't maybe this maybe doesn't sound right, but I'm telling you, we as a country have overlooked mental uh, mental health or mental acuity or whatever you want to say it for too long in too many different categories of our life. I'm telling you, if I had a recruit, like a perfect example is Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell was rated a three-star athlete. So he's a three-star athlete, but you're telling me that kid isn't isn't a four-star mentally strong kid? He's proven it all season long. Well, I'm just telling you, we need to make those changes, and I would pay those people to come in and figure that shit out. I would create some type of criteria that we would figure that out. Because Michigan can, can recruit at a high level, three to four stars on a constant basis. But if you give me four-star athletes that are four-star mentally strong or five-star mentally strong or fuck it, just three-star – We're going to start winning games better because they're going to be able to adjust to harder coaching. They're not going to complain. They're not going to be soft. They know what it takes to be successful in life. Or if they don't know, they're willing to be coached into it. They're not going to be mentally weak. They're not going to fucking be fragile and be like, well, my mommy never said anything mean to me. And you said something aggressive and I'm going to cry. You are triggering me in such a way that I don't know how to exist. And I'm telling you, there are some kids out there like that. But that's how you get away from those. Let the Indianas of the world and the Wisconsins, the Iowas, deal with all those fucking kids. Let me get the tough-nosed kid from a fucking rough neighborhood who's a smart kid, but he knows what it's like to see fucking uh, adversity. I want that kid. Even if he's rated a three-star kid, I want that kid because mentally he knows what it takes to deal with real trauma and what it means to stay focused because he's got his grades up. He lives in a bad neighborhood or in a gang-infested area. Or fuck it, maybe he has two parents who don't give a shit about him. But he goes, and he could be in a rich area. Who gives a fuck? I just want a kid who's mentally strong. Who can, who doesn't get outside of himself and he does, and he works well with others. That's what I want. That's how I would change things. And I truly do believe you can, you can jump the talent gap through mental strength, through mental toughness. All huge upsets are because other teams are mentally strong in that moment over the other team that has them athletically. Plain and simple, if you didn't watch that Illinois Wisconsin game this year, you saw that. I'm just telling you that's where we are lacking and that's where I would beef that up. Because you start to beef that up, you're going to start things you're going to start to see things change. And I really do believe that's how Davo Sweeney started changing things at Clemson. And then the talent came. The athletic talent will follow when you start to sure things up mentally. So that's where I'm just going to end right now. And then you can even throw that into the coaching staff. So just see where that goes there too. But guys, like I always say, thank you so much for following this. And all the new people that may have gotten stickers from the a, uh, off the A2 campus over there in Michigan, um, I hope you enjoy this one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I also like to say, if you guys... Want to binge listen to anything? I think this whole season you can binge listen the reaction episodes and see a tremendous story arc. To be quite honest, because I I don't want to sound like I'm uh, uh, I'm narcissistic because I'm not. But I list I have listened to uh, the reaction episodes. Well, I've big games as well. Big game big game pregames I've listened to as well because I want to make sure that I'm doing a good job I haven't forgotten some things and there's some stuff that I've written down I said did I put that in there and then I forget and I gotta go double check but I've noticed that the reaction episode from uh the week before Penn State and was at Illinois all the way through is one hell of a binge listen if you want to do reaction episodes from Illinois on it is one hell of a reaction. It's just one hell of a binge listen. It's a lot of fun. Because um, you see me hit all sorts of fucking emotional highs and lows. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but once again, just before I leave, I know I've been all over the place today. But thank you guys so much. Uh, the listenership each episode is just killing it right now. You guys are downloading in such a fashion that this it might be record breaking for me. Not for anybody else, but for this podcast, you guys have really been killing it. I really appreciate it. Just keep telling everybody about this. Keep spreading the keep, keep spreading the word. I want to try to keep doing the best that I can do. Basketball. Oh. I forgot about the basketball question from Gabe. I love the fact that we're fucking balling out right now. We are down by like eight right now against Louisville. But it is great to see Jawan Howard and the way he coaches and the way he affects those young men every day to give him the best that he can give and that's what i love about watching that kid when you listen to Jawan howard talk you hear the love of our school you hear the love of the team you hear the love of a man who appreciates the sport in which he is coaching in and you just hear it and you appreciate it and you can see it in those boys and how they go after it to be in a six in like consecutive days, the number 6 North, North Carolina team and the number 8 Gonzaga team, let alone a really solid Iowa State team, and then now they're playing the number 1 team in the nation, fucking Louisville, and the, yes, they're having some troubleshooting today. But in, but still, they're fighting, and they're giving it all they had, and no one gave them a fucking chance this year. They weren't even ranked. And to be ranked fourth, that is one of the highest jumps in NCAA basketball history. And that's all due to how smart Jawan Howard is and the people that he hires to back him up. And just who he is, it, it's a fucking delight just to watch these kids play. I don't know what that's going to mean for the season, I'm a I'm a basketball admirer, and I enjoy it, but I can't break it down very well. But I'll give you my fucking wholehearted response every fucking game or whatever I decide to cover in this season. I still don't know really how to handle basketball because there's so many games within the season. But, yeah, I'm super impressed with how Michigan basketball has started so far. And I'm sorry to break into that. That's a real fucking head turner off of where I was trying to close but I didn't want to, there was a very good question and I didn't want to uh, forget it because I'm super impressed with Jawan Howard right now and he gets it he understands how to get to these kids and I know basketball is a lot easier to do that because they're one and dones and you, and you can it, it's easier and it's hard all in one because you're constantly uh, rebuilding a culture even after a year or two so But, yeah, I'm super impressed, very happy with how everything's going. Um, But, like I said, guys, I'm sorry, I'll end this. It is great to be a Michigan Wolverine, and thank you so much for the support. Just keep telling people about this. It's going to get great. We're going to be huge. I want to be the best and the most popular Michigan fan-run podcast in the biz. I really do. That's my goal. I know we'll probably never outdo the Locked Ons or the Michigan podcasts or the – Whatever other podcast think of every other podcast that is sponsored by 24-7 or Sports Illustrated or Locked On or whatever. I may never get that high. But out of the independent fan base podcasts, I want to be the best. And if I'm the best there, I know we can overtake those other fuckers. Because I give you something that the other ones don't. And that's a true, real fan perspective. I don't hold anything back. You may argue with how I feel sometimes, but you know I love this team. I love them. I, if they went undefeated every year for the rest of their life, you would never hear me complain. I love them. And even if they lose a lot, I'm still going to love them. I, it's, I love them. So just please continue to follow it's going to be great I promise and always and forever guys go blue